Hey, Laura Ann Lynn, you're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and I'm back here with Justin Kizon from Agents of Guard. Justin, how you doing? Good, 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 doing good. <laughs> All right. Well, we were we were talking about we got on a little bit of a geek. That just happens. It's great. I listen. I love doing podcasts. Just talks geeking out about um, you know Asian cinema and Comic Con. As a Comic Con veteran yourself, it's always nice to swap stories. So, yeah. no, that was cool. That was good. Um, especially knowing that you're like a big, I didn't know how big of an Asian movie fan you are. So I feel like, oh yeah, I you know, we got which is cool. We should probably do a whole separate talk on that alone. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Um, I guess we didn't talk about Japanese movies at all because mm-hmm. I'm a huge like. Where, where, where are you at with like? I mean, are you a fan of like, like I, I don't know. This is, <laughs> it's weird. To, a lot of people like don't. Like, it's a weird, cause like a lot of the Japanese movies that I like are like, I like really crazy Japanese movies. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Battle Royale is like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. No, same here. Are you a fan? Uh, I, I love Battle Royale. Um, there were two movies I bought at Comic Con that year. It was Battle Royale and Shaolin Soccer. Mm-hmm. And I basically spent the rest of that summer forcing my friends to watch those movies. When did you hear about Battle Royale? I'm always curious about people's stories. I remember hearing it on Ain't It Cool News. They reviewed it. That sounded amazing. Um, but, and then they immediately went, it's a shame you won't be able to see this for a while. And I'm like, what? wait, wait, don't do that to me. <laughs> um, so I think, I don't know, was it 99 when that movie came out? I don't even remember. It came out in 99, 2000, because I, I didn't find out about it until Kill Bill. And- oh, wow. Um, so 2003. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I, again, I, I was pretty tuned into like the Kung Fu and that stuff, but I hadn't really gotten plugged in to Japanese cinema that much. Yeah. And, and then I remember I was obsessed with Kill Bill, like completely yeah. obsessed. And then, and I loved, um, um, what's her name? Uh, Chiaki. Oh, um, the, the girl who plays Go Go. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was like, wow, she's really cool. And then I remember reading an interview or some article that Quentin Tarantino did where he basically just listed all of the influences for Battle, Ro- for, um, Kill Bill. And he kept talking about Battle Royal. And I was like, what is this? And then I read the synopsis and read things about it. I'm like, oh my God, this sounds nuts. Yeah. And, and then she's in it and he's like, so he's talking about Battle Royal. And I remember watching, cause this was even before YouTube, but I found like a downloaded a video file and it was the, he, cause he did like a, almost like a trailer for it mm-hmm. where it was like a trailer with him in it talking yeah. about the movie. And I was like, okay, how do I get this movie? And, and I, and at the time we had, um, I even tried to, this was pre BitTorrent <laughs> and I looked for it on Kazaa and I couldn't find it. 
and I was like, how do I see this movie? And I lived in um, Missouri, so like that was at first I was like, I'm never going to be able to find this. <laughs> and but there was luckily I lived near Columbia, Missouri, which was the college town, and where Missouri University. And there was one of those cool like independent art house um, video stores, and they had a Japanese cinema section and they actually had the two disc battle royal gaiden like the director's cut and i remember renting it and i immediately like burnt a copy of it (laughs) because i was like this is insane like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen and from that i like fell down a rabbit hole of like (laughs) got into Cause I, because if, cause then I was like, I got into Takeshi Kitano yeah. and like his movies and mm-hmm. like all those gangster movies that he made. And then I found out about Takeshi Mike. Oh my God. And like, yeah, his movies are crazy. I mean, Mike is one of those guys where you just, I don't even, I love Mike, but I also know I don't love everything he's done. Yeah. Well, I, the first movie I ever watched was Ichi the Killer. That, and yeah. That movie's nuts. <laughs> I, I think. I remember watching Ichi Kill for the first time and just kind of going, the hell did I just do? Yeah. What? I, I felt, I felt like I, it was weird because also I was going to a Bible college at the time. And, and I remember a kid, I swear to you, I swear to you, one of the guys that watched it with us, cause I didn't even have a copy. One of the, cause luck, there was another film geek. Like I found, you know how it is with us film nerds. We always manage to find our people no matter where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had found the other film nerd at school, <laughs> and he had a bootleg copy of Ichi the Killer, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch this. And we mistakenly watched it with some other kids who had no idea what they were <laughs> in for. Because, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And what bad idea. And he immediately, I remember this guy got up and was like, we're all going to hell. <laughs> I... You know, okay, so the, uh, you see, obviously, obviously you must have seen Audition then. Well, then I watched Audition and it scared the shit out of me. I, <laughs> I watched Audition the way you really should have watched Audition. And I don't know how that ended up happening, but a friend of mine just simply went, hey, you should watch this. It's oh, that movie. was how I watched it, oh, like so not know knowing anything. Watched, you didn't know what the movie was about either? No knowledge. Okay, great, awesome. Because, I mean, I'd seen Ichi the Killer, but that's all I had. I didn't... I, I, I thought maybe it would be like that. So I was already like, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into? But yeah. not really because it's completely different. Yeah. And, like, it's 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 shocking. It's still – I can't watch that movie again. <laughs> it's But, I mean, that's the thing. That's kind of the crazy thing about watching those two. And why I'm a, I'm a Mikkei, Mikkei fan overall is just those two movies are so different from each other. Yeah. And, and you think – like, some directors kind of stay in style and they kind of do – variations of what, you know, the same thing over and over again, and which is I like, which is fine. I like that too, but Mika is the kind of director where you just go He's all over the place. All over the place. Like, I, I think love- a lot of those guys are. I mean, you look at, like, you look at Kitano, yeah. who made a, I guess, in his early career, I guess he made all those gangster movies, but that's also coming off of, he hosted a game show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, for fans of Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, that was based, that was basically an, they took bits and pieces of his Takeshi's Castle show. Yeah. Um, and then he also was a, I mean, he was a, he was a comedian. He was a, 
wrestling manager. He, because yeah. he worked with, I, when I found out about, like, I just recently found out about, like, I don't know how, are you a wrestling fan at all? I, um, I'm not. Okay. But I, well, to, but let me know that my, my housemate is. And, okay. Um, and, and, you know, Benson is. So, yeah. Was are you familiar awesome. with the wrestler Vader? Yes, actually. So, so I didn't know this until just recently when I got a New Japan. I've been really into New Japan wrestling mm-hmm. and they have a website that's like the WWE network. So I'm going back and watching a lot of their old stuff. So, Takeshi, they brought in, I guess business was really slow in the late 80s mm-hmm. and they needed like a big heel bad guy stable. So they brought in Takeshi Kitano, who was really famous at the time. And he basically did this whole invasion thing. And he, he brought in Vader. In, <laughs> like he, that's when Vader made his debut managed by Takeshi Kitano and it was so crazy and people were so like, like Kitano started a riot in the Japanese sumo hall and New <laughs> Japan was banned from the sumo hall for 20 years. <laughs> like it's this guy, when I read the story, it's nuts. And like, and, but Kitano, like, I guess you could compare him. He was like Sasha Baron Cohen meets Russell Brand. Meets like he was one of those like Andy Kaufman, but then he was also this genius filmmaker, and he wrote a best-selling book. Yeah, like he's done everything. Like and then like he's done dramas, comedies. I watched. Um, have you seen Kikujiro? I was gonna bring up Kikujiro. I love like whole like that movie's amazing. Yeah, and it's nothing like it's 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 like talk about like I didn't know what I was because I'm like. When is he going to start? Because I, I I had come off of like watching all his gangster movies, so I'm like, is he going to start shooting people? But like, yeah. no, it's like a dramedy, yeah, and like a coming of age story, and it's like beautiful. Um, no, he's and the, funny enough, like you heard that he just got cast in the Ghost in the Shell remake, yeah, and that's I don't know how I feel about I, I'm, I'm well, the rest of that one. casting is kind of nuts, right? Like yeah. that's what's pissing people off. Mm-hmm. But now that he's in it, I'm like, I feel like I have to see this now. Right. And to, to be fair, though, it's not like Kiteshi, he's not uh, prone to saying no to bad yeah. bad American high-tech movies because he was also in Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, I, well, I guess that was my first real exposure to him without even knowing it. it was like He's yeah. the villain in Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't know the significance of who he was mm-hmm. um, until much later. Yeah, I so I'm a huge fan of his and Mike and then but then I um I I know I have I have you've watched I started for a while I was like I haven't watched a lot of there's so much stuff on Netflix like that's where it gets overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. I watched um cuz I guess now they're doing cro- So did you watch Machine Girl? I have. I saw I just that saw movie is awesome. I saw Machine Girl in the theaters, actually. So I guess now there's like a crossover movie where it's like Machine Girl teaming up with some other character. What? Yeah, I think I read this somewhere. Maybe I imagine. I don't know. I feel like half of the Japanese movies are like, did I dream this or is this a real thing? Because like, they're, they're so crazy. Have you seen Tokyo Gore Police? That's yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think that might be a cross. I think what that. I think it might be that. I think it might be like Machine Girl, at Tokyo Gore Police, or something. Oh, that's. I, I love those movies. I mean, like, but they're not the. It's it's because, like I said, like you can't just tell people like, oh, watch these. 
because <laughs> I mean you can with the right people, but like I've I've like put friendships in jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you seen? Um, I'm trying to think of the name. It's this crazy love exposure. No, I don't think so. Okay, that one. Uh, it's directed by a dude um, named. Give me a second. I'm actually looking up the information again right now. Just okay. It's a Japanese filmmaker by the name of Shio, Shino Sono. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a movie on Netflix right now called Tokyo Tribe, which I've been meaning to watch. And But Love Exposure is insane. It's four hours long. Fuck, I don't know how that pulled, how he pulled that <laughs> out. It's a four hour long movie. And I can't even describe you the plot because it seems That's to me like... I love that stuff. I love it. Like I eat oh, that yeah. stuff up. It's, but it, and what kind of blows me away with this movie is that it just, it just, it kept my attention for four hours. And I'm just like, how, I should be bored. I should be driving myself nuts. But yet this movie completely got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, he made two, a couple movies after that. And his, yeah, if, if you check it out on Netflix. I haven't gotten to it yet, but he has a movie called Tokyo Tribe. And a trailer of that looks insane. Like a Yakuza musical thing. It looks mm-hmm. awesome. Um, okay. So maybe I can run my theory because I've talked about this with people. And and I've I've actually pieced this together from various interviews with Japanese filmmakers because there's because people always wonder like people make fun of it's like a it's like a joke now like oh the Japanese people are nuts mm-hmm. but I always my re, but I think there is there there's I think it's it's unfair but I think there's also I think I think there's some reasoning behind the extremes of Japanese cinema and yes. and I think the main reason is like. These people had an atomic bomb dropped <laughs> on their cities. Like, I think that kind of does something to you as a culture. Yeah. Where they've seen true horror. Yeah. In a way that most other people haven't. And so I think that is one of the reasons behind why their <laughs> their horror their horror and their stuff is so messed up. And like, and I, I mean, some of the, like, Katano and, um, also I think I read about, like, Shmizu. Is that mm-hmm. how you say his name? He talked, it's the same thing. Cause they're like, when you have experienced that level, that kind of horror, like, normal horror just doesn't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not gonna get a cat to jump in frame and boo. No, you have to. Cause no. like, again, like these older, especially these guys that were older, like, you know, Fukusaku and, and Katano and these guys again, they survived the atomic bomb. Right. So I think that I think that did something to them as a culture. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's also like there is a set. I mean, so again, I and I think about like I think about things like, have you seen Grave of the Fireflies? Yes. Most yeah. depressing movie ever made. Ever made right? yes. And they and, made a live action version of it too. Oh, are you serious? I'm not, yeah. Look, I don't know why. You want to I don't want to watch that. that. I don't want to watch that. Um, but I think about that because like I, I, cause that you're watching, oh, this is from there. Cause you know, again, you watch something like flags of our fathers and you know, these, and you see from our point of view, you know, and then when you watch something like that from the Japanese point of view, yeah. and you're like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's, and then, and then I think about that. And I think that's because, like, it's like, yeah, this did this. This was a huge trauma for an entire generation of people. Yeah. And I think that, to me, that's that kind of is why they're they're so out there. 
that's I one. Think I think one of the main reasons. I think that's definitely a main reason. I would not argue against that. And and there's also other cultural things, right? Like mm-hmm. I have, like I have a friend who's like Japanese, and he's told me like there's a big part of it too. Is like the culture itself. Like when you're in public, it's a more you got to keep a lot of things to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so I wouldn't say repressed, mm-hmm. but, but it's, it's very because I mean even in China, it's yeah. almost it's very similar. That whole it's very reserved. Yeah, that's the word. I would and use very because it's all about face mm-hmm. and putting up like the public face and saving face. So when but the, so when you're expressing yourself artistically, that's kind of the release. Yeah. So watching something like a Mickey movie where a guy takes off his jacket and all of a sudden he's an 800 pound muscle man for no good reason. <laughs> um, it's it's part of the release. And yeah. That makes sense to me. In that and regard. I even like in, 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 in other areas of their culture too. I mean, I think about Japanese wrestling, yeah. which is like way more. I mean, I talk about it a lot on here. Mm-hmm. It's way more intense. It's mm-hmm. way more realistic. But then, <laughs> so, but then also just like Japanese cinema, they have, so they have like this Japanese strong style. Then they also have things like everybody's seen it now. Um, they have like the DDT pro wrestling where you've got, Kenny Omega wrestling a blow up doll. <laughs> and, and then you have the, you know, Joey Ryan came in and he suplexes a guy with his penis. <laughs> like the guy grabs, I don't know if you've seen the video went viral, like has like 11 million hits on YouTube where the guy grabs him, grabs his balls and Joey Ryan like spin flips him over <laughs> with his definitely not seen that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think, and I think that's like again, like, and they they have so that's that's everywhere throughout. I mean, and then like you know you got and but then they also make again like because it's and then I think people see that and they think that that's all it is. Yeah, but again, there's such beautiful stuff. I mean, look at like Miyazaki, Mm -hmm. and um, again we're talking about Kikujiro. There's like Japanese dramas are they have tons of great dramas. Oh my god, yeah. Um, nobody. So nobody knows. Yeah, yeah, that one is amazing um, and hard to watch as well. <laughs> um, but that's like one of the most. That's a definitely a beautiful movie that I've that, that I've seen, and it's it. You know, again, it. it yeah, no, their their extremes are great and they're entertaining, but there's so much. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's so much more to it than that. Um, but the extremes are so. So much more extreme than the extremes here. Yeah, no, no. It, uh, what was the, what's the, is there a Mikkei film you feel like you couldn't have finished? Is well, it, there's some, movie? I haven't watched everything. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, the, cause I, cause now he seems like he's really mellowed out. He has. Um, do I know? I am been curious about Yakuza Apocalypse. Oh yeah, Yakuza Apocalypse looks freaking nuts. Yeah, like that's like I, him going back to dead or alive status, yeah. you know. But I even because I watched like I really like Sukiyaki Western Django for what it was. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, but it was just for Mike, like that was super tame. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and Western some of their stuff cracks me up because it's like. I know a lot of people here, are, obviously, most people here have seen Django Unchained, and I like the idea of, like, you should try doing both of those back-to-back. Yeah. Like, that kind of would mess your brain up. Because, like, you watch <laughs> Django Unchained, and then if you watch Django Unchained first and then do Sukiyaki, here's Quentin <laughs> now in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. 
I, I kind of also dug the absurdity, the absurdity of just Quentin all of a sudden when he starts talking about the story, he starts having a false Japanese American accent. Mm-hmm. That I don't know. It's a wild movie, but then you're but you're at the same time not as wild as say Happiness of the Katakuris. You know, I watched one that I had a hard time with just because it was so out there. I forgot what it was called. Was it Ito? Oh, is that, that's yeah. That that has because it was like this guy was like dead. Yeah, but he was brought back to life. It was like a I, He's like a swore, masked warrior thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a really for mostly because I had just had a really hard time following what was going on. Yeah, um, and then, but like I don't know. I I feel I I I can handle most of his stuff for the most part. <laughs> his, yeah, I would say Ezo's one of those like like a billion ideas at once, and yeah. I can't follow what the hell's going on. But when it looks great, it looks great. So. Yeah. His Masters of Horror was hard to watch. Yeah. Like that oh. was messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um which I love that. I thought that was a great idea. Like I mean, I when people I love introducing Masters of Horror to people who don't know about it. Yeah. There is so much it was a very was a huge mix of stuff. Mm. But it was kind of I mean, it's as a guy who grew up loving like John Landis and John Carpenter movies, it was kind of cool to basically go like, well, right, let's just try to We'll get some condensed Carpenter Landis yeah. films and yeah. Dante movies, and even though they're not as good as their old as their traditional movies, they're still kind of fun stuff to watch here and there. You know, mm-hmm. um, I like Masters of Horror. Uh, the uh, Cigarette Birds was not too bad. That was kind of a cool one, the John Carpenter one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, Norman Reedus. That was a previous. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I still haven't watched all of it. But I mean, slowly. Yeah, because. I, I love anthology stuff though, like I love it, and I it seems like it's making a bit of a comeback. It's kind of a struggle to bring it back, though. I feel like some people are still can't wrap their heads around it, you know. Yeah, uh, but I get it. No, it's no, that was a, those are a pretty cool one. I didn't see the follow up show they did. I think called Fear Itself. Yeah, that's the one I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Um, all right. Well, um, real quick, uh, you went to Austin, was it? Oh, excuse me. Jeez. Um, you went, was that like a family trip or? It was a family trip, yeah. Um, so my, did you get to go to any, like, did you go to the draft house? Uh, tried. Um, <laughs> basically I was out in, we were actually mostly in San Antonio. Oh, okay. My nephew was finished with basic training in the Air Force. Mm. So we got to go visit him and, um, and Austin's kind of one of those filmmaking meccas. Oh man, we were, I was only in Austin for a little bit and we all were talking about, so how can we come back here? <laughs> um, but, and we were at the cusp of South by Southwest starting. Oh yeah. So we, you know, we didn't get the, we didn't get the craziness, but we definitely, it was already in the air. People were already mm-hmm. getting for it. But, um, we went to, you know, my nephew wanted to, one of the things my nephew wanted to do when he walked out of the, you know, base, he said like, you know, he wanted to watch a movie and the first movie he wanted to watch is Deadpool. Um, and so, we were looking up theaters and I was like, okay, well, I worked on Fandango and I saw two theaters, one, which was super close by. And then I saw the draft house and I've been dreaming of going to the draft house for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And I try to go, Hey, they're playing it here. <laughs> and the, but it's the situation was, it was too far and the yeah. timing didn't match up. And I was like, Oh, that's all right. That's fine. 
I know they're building a draft house in LA, so. Yeah, they're do, they're actually, they've started doing like some screenings at the region, mm-hmm. which their next one is they're doing like a very special episode. It's like a compilation of like special episodes mm-hmm. of like TV shows. They just did Pippi Longstocking, which I, that sounded great. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I, um, so they're gonna, they're gonna start doing, I've heard there's also rumors that they're gonna start doing some Mondo screenings. Oh, which, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> okay. Because they haven't done a Mondo Miss. I thought they were going to do more at the New Beverly. And then once Quentin took over, they haven't done one. Yeah. Um, cause I missed out on those. My friend went to the two that I think they did two. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about that. I went to the original draft house, the one that's gone. I went to a buttonomathon. Um, oh wow! Which year? Yeah, in two thousand three. So it was Button Amazon five, mm-hmm. and it was the greatest experience <laughs> of my life. I talk about. I I sat next. I was sitting next to Paul Dini and Brad Bird. Oh wow! Um, I um it was the, it was Return of the King, and I met um Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, and Philippa Boyens, and then oh. Harry as a happy birthday gift to Peter Jackson. Since his favorite movie is The General, um, they screened The General with uh, the um, – have you seen uh, Waking Life? Yeah. You know, the Forsyth Orchestra that does all the music and they're in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they played – they did the whole soundtrack to The General live. Oh, shit. It was incredible. <laughs> and um, and then it was like – I think what – what was it? Oh, oh, yeah. So speaking of Asian cinema, we saw – it was the first subtitled print of uh, Old Boy. Ah, I remember reading like, about this. on its way to Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Hadn't even it was it had just come out in Korea. We were yeah. the first U.S. audience to see it. And as somebody again, I was just getting into all that. That yeah. movie blew my brain open. Yeah, <laughs> like we were all just like, whoa, like holy crap. It was this crazy. Good, that's a good buttonomathon. Yeah, a- we saw that. Um, and then yeah. Mel Gibson was there with the passion, which is nuts. Um, <laughs> and and I like I met Mel Gibson. Um, this was before we all like we everybody like the whole all the crazy stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of crazy. And so it ended up being like twenty seven hours. So I almost <laughs> I thought I was gonna die, but I made it. And uh, and then I think what else? We, those those were the big ones. It was like Return of the King and. And and that but there's a lot of great stuff and like again meeting get to talk to like Ahmed Eli Roth mm-hmm. and um and uh and just meeting talking to Harry I mean Harry Harry Knowles is awesome. He's such yeah. a cool dude. And his dad his dad was like I'm like, Can you adopt me as your great because he was like the coolest dude in the world. Mm-hmm. And everybody was cool and it was just such a fun experience. It was like one of the cause I hadn't it was one of those first experiences I had where I'm like, oh, these are my people. Yeah. Like, you can talk to anybody there about it and they know what you're talking about. And they're not like, oh, shut up, nerd. Like, <laughs> like most of the people in there were, like, bigger film geeks than I was. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. And also, the Draft House is just an amazing facility. Yeah. And, like, I've heard the new one, the Ritz one, is even more awesome. So that was really cool. Um, but speaking of Texas... Mm-hmm. Um, I needed, I wanted to put this out there for the listeners. Um, 
So I'm going to be in Dallas at the end of the month for WrestleMania. Um, and I was now, so I'm, I finalized, my plans are finalized. It's going to be kind of nuts. Um, I'm going to eight wrestling shows <laughs> four days. I did seven in New Orleans, so this is going to break my record. So I'm pretty How? excited. In four days, you're doing eight wrestling shows? Yeah, because there's all these indie shows that kind of, uh, like, because it's like this whole week now of WrestleMania. Uh, so there's all these indie shows. There's WrestleMania. There's Monday Night Raw. Uh-huh. So I'm going to those. But then I'm also going to all these other indie shows. Uh-huh. And they just, so it put it, because I was at seven, and then they put up, then somebody is doing an indie show after WrestleMania, like, down the street. <laughs> so, like, it starts at, like, 11 at night. <laughs> <laughs> but like a bunch of like Jake the Snake is gonna be there, so I'm like, oh hell yeah, mm-hmm. and um and then some other cool indie guys, and um and so yeah, so I'm I'm doing eight shows. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> and and so I'm I'm really excited. And uh but I was gonna ask the listeners. I know we have some listeners in the area, and I'm looking for recommendations for food. Like, cause you know, you can yelp and you can look around and I know there's some stuff. When you were in Austin, did you happen to like go to any place cool? Did you go to like Texas Chili Parlor or any place like that? When I was in Austin, I, well, here's the thing. I was in Austin for literally uh, only a couple hours. Oh. I know. I know. I, I will say this though. I, I think it's a chain you can find a small chain, not a huge one, but it's a place called Rudy's. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm aware of Rudy's. Okay. So I had Rudy's and that was really great. Um, Austin. I mean, when I went to Austin, I went to kind of like a, a cool, like my, my, my cousin lives down there. So we were hanging out with her for a bit and she took us to like this, I'll say this like kind of foo-foo high-end, uh, restaurant. It was great, but definitely not what we thought we were going to do on our first night in, in Texas, mm-hmm. but, um, it's called Key, but, uh, See, I'm are you a, like, are you a, are you a Tarantino fan? Like I am a Tarantino fan. Yes. So, cause yeah, I would, I would, cause like, um, cause you know, I don't know, like, I love Death Proof. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually thinking about maybe, cause Austin's not that far from mm-hmm. Dallas. I'm thinking, cause I have like a whole day where I'm not doing anything. I'm yeah. thinking about driving up just to, cause I just watched Death Proof again, cause I watched yeah. everything after, like, every, it seems like every time a new movie comes out, I have to watch all of them again. Sure, sure, sure. And <laughs> so, so I just watched Death Proof and I'm like, oh god, Death Proof's so good. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, I really want to go to Texas Chili Parlor, like a <laughs> restaurant that they like half the movie they film there. Yeah. And yeah. so now I like, I kind of have to go <laughs> thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it and mm-hmm. going to the draft house. And I want to go to Mondo gallery because yeah. sometimes they sell prints there that you can't get anywhere. Uh, I saw the pictures from, from the recent, from, from some of the, from Mondo gallery. I looked, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. God, I looked great. I'm bummed that I, it's a funny thing too. I, part of me kind of kills me a little bit where I was like, I was in Austin during the cusp of South by Southwest, I don't want to go to South by Southwest for a while. Yeah. And, and here I am, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not near it. <laughs> like, I'm not getting, yeah, it's always a little frustrating. A little bit, but I mean, I was there with family. I had a great time with my family, but there's a part of my brain's like, I gotta go. I even kind of did this as a tweet though. It's like, I would love to go to South by Southwest, but I feel like if I go, I don't want to go as a fan. I hopefully would be there for business and it was. Either I, yeah, I, I, I feel the same press, way. I'm there as a press member or God forbid, and hopefully this is true. I'll be, I'll have a film there in some fashion. I'm involved, but I want to do like a live podcast or something there. Like that'd be cool. I, and then like, 
yeah. I'm a huge music fan too. And like, so it's always been a dream of mine for music. And then now that the movie festival has become such a big deal, like they're showing the Pee Wee movie there. And like, oh, I can't wait for that Pee Wee movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's showing on Netflix. It's going to debut on Netflix too, of course. But like, that's going to be the first time they're doing a live Lucha Underground event. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's there's going to be all, I mean, Obama was there. I mean, shit. They preach, they did, they, they premiered the preacher pilot from AMC too. Oh yeah. They're going to be at WonderCon. So I'm hoping maybe they'll, there'll be some, maybe they'll screen it. I don't know. Ooh. I know they're doing a panel, but I don't know if they're showing it at the panel. Mm-hmm. They gotta give me something though. <laughs> I'm sure um, they will. Yeah. Cause that's, oh dude, I'm excited about that. Are you excited about that? I'm very much excited for that. Yeah. I finally started reading the comic. I've uh, read the first one. I need to, yeah, I'm also, I need to read, but it's just such a cool thing. Yeah, no, it's such and, a cool book. And like, I'm already liking the vibe from the trailer that I well, saw. Well, especially AMC has proven that they can do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're not gonna like, get like in, you know, in between, except for second season of Walking Dead. <laughs> but that was Mad Men's fault as we found out. Like, I mean, that new Darabont just, Finally, I guess he a statute of limitations because he he's like, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah. Um. Because, but, but yeah, because that's why they were on the farm for the whole season, and you only <laughs> saw like I'm trying to figure it out. Um. But yeah. Uh. All right. So yeah. So any listeners in the Dallas area, I'm looking for recommendations and also other stuff to do. Like, um, I'm definitely going to Daily Plaza. So never been there. And cause I'm, I've been watching, I don't know, are you, uh, have you, are you, have you read or watched 11 Uh, no, no, I haven't. Cause so yeah, I just watched the newest episode and like they filmed it in Dallas. <clears throat> so I really kind of want to go check that out. I mean, yeah. I'm not like a huge, like, like JFK conspiracy guy, but it just, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I kind of want to yeah. check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, yeah, so I would just, and then some other stuff just, other recommendations because while I am going to a lot of wrestling stuff, I do have some downtime <laughs> and um, I'm looking forward to that though. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania sound it's I'm, I'm um, so they're, they're the big, the, the two big matches. One is um, triple H versus Roman Reigns, which a lot of people aren't that excited about, but I think it's going to be a good match. And then the big one that I'm excited for that everybody's freaking out about, which could go either way is um, Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon's son. Mm-hmm. He came back and he's going to wrestle the undertaker in hell in a cell. And <laughs> Shane McMahon is known for doing just death defying stuff. So like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think something crazy is going to happen and I got really good seats. So I'm excited. Um, <laughs> So, and it's in, and it's a, they've already, there's, they've, they've sold, it's, they've, they broke the record for the amount of tickets WWE has sold for an event. So they're probably going to say there's going to be over a hundred thousand people there, but that's always inflated, but mm-hmm. there's going to be in the high 80,000, low 90,000 people there, which is just Ooh. nuts. Ooh. Okay. So it's wow. going to be crazy. All right. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Did I lose you? Hold on. I think I lost Justin. All right. Well, that's, that's what's coming up 
is um, WrestleMania. So if you guys can, uh, I think I just lost you for a second. You're back. You're back. Yeah. All right. Great. Cool. Well, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. So um, anybody, again, anybody in the Dallas area, and be sure to send in. We're still we still appreciate any of your feedback. If you got thoughts on the new format, friendoman at gmail for listeners and that. But let's get down to our, I guess, media segment. So first of all, um, it's called Book Corner. So Justin, are you are you a big reader? Yeah, yeah. Not, I, I wish I read more, but what yeah. Are you, what are you reading right now, or what have you completed recently? Um, let's see. I definitely finished uh, reading uh, Black Widow issue number one. Uh, yeah, how's that? I've heard good things. That's really good. Um, I'm a big fan of Mark Wade and Chris Samney, especially Mark Wade, Chris Samney's Daredevil run, which was awesome. Um, Black Widow, it's, it's basically like nonstop action, just mm-hmm. well drawn. Um, they have to do a Black Widow movie, right? Oh no, especially after reading this. This is practically. Well, that's what Brian Lynch was tweeting today where he's like, this is going to be a movie, right guys? Like, <laughs> no, I, it's kind of ridiculous and I, Especially after this, it's, I almost feel like this comic is almost like a pitch to go. No, but for Hopefully real, that's what it remember, is. Right? I mean, that would be awesome. Um, I actually believe. You no, know, I actually did pick up a book on my trip in San Antonio because we went to visit the Alamo, mm-hmm. and I picked up a book on of all things because I think I was just curious about. It, I picked up a book on David Crockett. Oh wow! Okay, it, it's the like, book. The book's called David Crockett: The Lion of the West. It's I'm gonna grab it real quick. Um, it's written by a dude named uh, Michael Wallace. And it just kind of looked like a cool book because he's exploring both like the the real historical man, but also exploring uh, talking about how it compares to the the, the legend version of him. Yeah, and I think I as a he's David Crockett is one of those guys like I've always been I'm aware of I I, mm-hmm. I know about enough about him to a degree. Did you watch the? I don't think I've even watched the movie, the Billy Bob Thornton one. No, I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> so what was was it was it was. Was going to the Alamo, was it cool? Was it like Pee-wee's Big Adventure? <laughs> I, you know what's so funny? I, I said I was going to the Alamo, and I, I can tell the guys who are in my age range all asked me if I went to go check to see if there was a basement. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, by the way. Yeah. But, no, the Alamo, it's, it's cool. It's interesting. It's, I mean, you know, like... Adobe. Adobe. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's cool. It's interesting. I mean, like, it's, you know, I mean, I, I like his... I do, I do like going to history museums and worrying about history, so... um. And uh, that was definitely kind of that was definitely pretty cool. But um, I think that got me got me thinking about David Crockett, and you got that book. That's why I got the book, and I'm like, I know I actually legitimately kind of want to know for reals what this guy's deal is. I just know this Disney version. I always tell myself that I need to read more historical books, and then I never quite pull the trigger on that. But I feel like I should. Yeah, I think with this case, I figured I was on a trip. You're there. Might as well, and I've already started reading. It's pretty good so far. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, all right, anything else or any other comics or anything? Uh, I don't want to say I finished minute middle finishing Preacher Volume One. So okay, I figured cool. I was reading Preacher in in San Antonio. Well, I'm in Texas. I might as well. <laughs> hey, yeah, totally. Uh, how about you, man? Well, I finished. Um, so I'm big on. I don't know if you're big on like. There's like. There's there's now like bundles are all the rage because there's like the yeah. humble bundle. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's like book ones, and there's actually a humble book bundle that they do, 
and sometimes it's something that interests me, sometimes not. But there's there's one I talk about a lot. It's called Story Bundle. It's a mm-hmm. separate website, and they just did like a video game book bundle, and they're always great. So I finished this book. It's called The Untold History of Japanese Game Developers, Volume Two, and uh-huh. this guy spent seven months in Japan interviewing basically every game developer like he could meet and these are the guys that made like all the like old school like the like basically video games as we know it in the 80s like they created the whole industry (laughs) (laughs) because that's where it started was in japan yeah and and they were writing they made all the a lot of the games were on like um computers that like they started off as computer games and they would port them to the nintendo and stuff so just hearing these guys' stories, and a lot of them, it's these dudes, they made these games like by themselves, or it was like two guys, and, and they wrote them because like, um, like basic and all that, the programming languages were slow at the yeah. time, especially. They wrote all these games in assembly language, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> like, like, it's like, I always try to describe people, I'm like, so you know in the Matrix, when they're like looking at the Matrix? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it basically is. Right. <laughs> and they're writing the code for these video games in that. Yeah. Like straight up machine code. Yeah. And it's just that's completely nuts. And like and then these are the these are the biggest games. Like I talked to the guy made like Mega Man and Metal Gear and like um bunch of the RPGs like Final Fantasy and like other like arcade games that we played like just the adventure, uh, adventure island and like all these games you grew up playing. I mean, I know you do, I do, I did read you're not that, you're not a real huge video game person. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's cool. I mean, everybody, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm like in the, I'm like, I'm not like a total like hardcore person, but I mean, like you don't even own like video game systems, which I don't, I don't. I mean, it's just not even, that's not even me with against anything about video yeah. games. I, I have nothing against video games. Uh, Everybody's got their specialties. Yeah, and I, for me, it's like I like. There's so much cool things coming out of video games. I'm. I, I totally admit to that being just like another place of storytelling that you can get another really yeah. cool art form. Um, but my brain's like I. I'm too a <laughs> too costly. Uh, for me and yeah, I my, I'm too distracted by other shit. Like mm-hmm. there's a pile of books that you're not. That I have in my room, I haven't read yet. There's a pile of DVDs I haven't gone through. My Netflix queue is is pathetically huge, and I'm just you know I, I feel like I don't have I barely have time to finish those things, let alone put 18 hours on a video game, and that's only and I'm not actually like what 60 hours on a game now. Oh yeah, well yeah, and I'm that's why I can only I only really play like a couple video games a year because I'm one of those people that once I do get into it, mm-hmm. like. I got Fallout in for Christmas, yeah, and I've played that for like 120 hours. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, that's crazy. And I mean, if I had a job, like I wouldn't have been able to do that. But like, I don't have a job right now. So, um, so yeah. But like when I was working full time, like yeah, like I play video games on my DS, and like that's a, and then like some PC games. But like I'm not one of those because I don't have the the time or the money, right? Really. Because that's really what it is. Um, and that's why I think there has been a rise of, like, these weird indie games and, like, casual games. Because most people just don't have the time for these huge, crazy 
games. And so reading this book is like a lot of these games, like, yes, they talk about like crazy Japanese RPGs, but a lot of these games are just very simple games. And, Mm -hmm. but then I think as a creator, there are a lot of very inspiring stories. Cause again, like these guys, it was just one dude. And then, and then like a lot of like a common thread in a lot of these guys' stories is they made these like insanely successful games, like whole companies were built on them in this huge industry. And they ended up becoming like executives and like producers. And then they, it seems like without like nine out of 10 of them get tired of doing that kind of work. Cause they're like, I just want to make something. So then a lot of them now they've quit their big, huge company jobs, given up all this money just so they can go back to making games again. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, that's kind of cool. No, like, I, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, cause that's why you're getting all these Kickstarters now where it's these independent creators. Cause they just want to make games. They don't want to deal. They like, they, they don't want to, they're like, the guy's like, I didn't want to like sip. I didn't want to like, sit behind a desk and work do basically like I'm no I want to be the boss I want to just make the game yeah and, and so it's kind of I can totally relate to that this was really good um Phil got me for Christmas I, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim and Eric yes um I'm uh, a huge uh, Tim and Eric fan uh-huh. um I got their book Tim and Eric's Zone Theory <laughs> I don't know how they did it but so like it's it's the filthiest book I've ever read in my life. Like <laughs> it's disgusting, but it's amazing. Like I just tell I was trying to explain to Phil because I was like he's like oh my god how is it I have to read it and and he's like and I'm like so imagine like the most disgusting parts of billion dollar movie in book form. Oh my god! <laughs> and because it's like it's like a parody of like self help books. And it like totally makes fun of that. It also like kind of, I think they're kind of like ripping on Scientology and like all the other like really like cults. Like it's like, cause it's like, here's, cause it's basically like seven steps to make your life correct. And this, here's, and so you have these zones and it's, it's insane and it's hilarious. I really enjoyed it. Everybody should check it out. And then, um, I finished this book called, I mean, it was a novella actually. Um, there's this author I've been getting into called, uh, his name's Dan Simmons. And, um, he wrote this book in the eighties. I already talked about previously on Radio Brennerman called Song of Kali, which is this horror book. And it was like one of the most frightening things I've ever read. Um, but this was a science fiction novella about a, um, it takes place in the future. Earth has been conquered by aliens and, there um and most most humans are basically slaves but the aliens allow for a troop of humans that go around performing shakespeare and <laughs> that's what this book is about it's it's really interesting i really like it it's called um, muse of fire it was okay. like 95 pages <laughs> i got it um it was one of another it was a book bundle i think it was actually a humble book bundle because I'll get these bundles and I'll get like 20 ebooks and then it'll take me forever to like gradually go back and read all of them. Right. And um so this one again I like the author cuz he does he does horror, sci-fi, fantasy. So that was really good. And then um I'm still Phil got me also for Christmas um is a 
it was a uh, J. Michael Straczynski's screenwriting book. It's called The Complete Book of Screenwriting. Oh, okay. And I still I I like it, and it's given me a lot of like feedback and ideas. But the problem is, it's like it's it's, it's published in '96, <laughs> so it's kind of outdated. Right. So, like, what he says about the industry. Like, I don't think any of it applies anymore. Cause he's like talking about printing out and mailing scripts. Oh God. And I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. And, <laughs> but I mean, some of his, like a lot of the like theory and other practical stuff is very useful. Um, but like, oh, then like, but then like, there's like entire chapters on formatting screenplays. I'm like, you don't even need this anymore. Cause software does this for you, which it made me appreciate that because I'm like, this looks like a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> Formatting screenplays with a typewriter? Yeah. Like, forget about it. Oh. Or like, in Microsoft Word, like, setting up the margins and all that stuff. Do you have Celtics, or do you... Yeah, I use Celtics. It's pretty great. Yeah. That's, that's... Um, yeah, that's yeah. a big sign of... That's a big change of, uh, of the show of the times. That Celtics, yeah. now a free app you can use. Yeah, and it does all the... Does it all for you. It does it all for you. It does even different formats. You want to write a comic book, you want to write a play. Yeah. That's what's crazy about this now. It's like we kind of don't need to learn yeah. that format anymore. So, yeah. but then like the rest of his stuff is like really just structure of stories and breaking down scripts and outlining. It's a lot of, and I mean he's he's somebody that I have followed and respect, and mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. So it was pretty good. Um, and then I um, I bought this book a long time ago, and I never read it, and I've never seen the movie. But now I want to watch the movie because the book is really good. I'm almost done. It's um, a familiar Never Let Me Go. Oh, I remember the movie. But they're yeah, Carrie Mulligan and their clones, and they're basically growing. They grow up to donate their organs to people. Mm-hmm. Like that. That concept is just it's nuts. Like, but it's it's really it's really cool. But then, like, so this is like told from the perspective of the like clone girl. And like show like her whole life, and it's like genuinely upsetting. <laughs> and because like you know you're like these this clone has feelings and has a life, and and then kind of you run it, it. Yeah, it's really it's really it's really good. It's a really well written like, book. It sounds like a, a really good dramatic. It sounds like like the the island took that concept and did a shitty action. Well, that was the thing. I remember because the the island. Like they totally, it was a total ripoff, mm-hmm. but it was like done really. I mean, Michael Bay, bleh, like, <laughs> like yeah, because and I've, I've, I, I, did you watch the movie? Uh, of Never Let Me Go. Yeah. No, not yet. I not heard yet. it was like. I mean, I, I really like Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, she's great. I, I like it, Carrie Mulligan, and I think and then uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Is in that one too. Um, yeah. I think the director is the guy who did One Hour Photo, which oh, okay. Really- um, Romanek. Yes. Which yeah. he just directed an episode of Vinyl. I don't know. Are you watching Vinyl? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, dude, it's so good. If you're into music and that culture, and I, especially, I, I just, just last summer, I read a book. It's called Love Goes the Buildings on Fire, and it's specifically about 70s music scene in New York. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what Vinyl is about. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was like, just, Prep fully prepped for the show <laughs> and seeing it all on screen mm. is just like great and and yeah and he directed I think last week's episode so like there and I was worried because you know you always have that 
Because, like, Scorsese did the pilot. Yeah. Which is just – so it's like a two-hour Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. And so you're worried about that, like, drop-off. But they've gotten consistently, like, really good directors. So this is really cool. But, yeah, so Never Let Me Go, that's what I read. Um, so talking about movies – Mm-hmm. Um, new movies that I watched. Um, the only one I watched. I don't get out to the movies that much. Are you a movie pass guy? I am not, but um, I've talked to Matt and Andrew about movie pass enough to I'm considering it. But I, if I, I had a movie pass theater by where I lived, I'd be all over it. Yeah. Uh, so you saw? Did you watch Ten Cloverfield Lane? I watched Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I thought it was great. Okay, cool. I, 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 I'm not one of those people where like, cause I think people, again, they set their expectations at a certain level or they, they set it so high or they think be, if it's not exactly what they thought it was going to be, then they're like, Oh, F this movie. It sucks. Yeah. Like I'm definitely not that for me. I, it was what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Maybe I was just more perceptive <laughs> or I clued into what JJ was saying mm-hmm. um, about it. And I thought it was great. John Goodman, holy crap. Like, he should, I, he should get, I know genre movies, I feel like we're turning a point with genre movies getting like critical recognition and everything. Yeah, so yeah. like, I think he should get nominated for awards. For this film. Oh dude, he's, oh, it's wow. amazing. He should. I love John Goodman, period. It's a must watch. And Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is awesome. Oh. And, um, I know, yeah, like, uh, yeah. In the movie, and I, I don't know his name, but he's phenomenal in the movie called Short Term 12. Oh my, uh, yeah, that's where he's from. I kept trying to figure out yeah. where he was from, and I love that movie. Yeah, he's so, he's, I love the movie too, and he's great in that. So and he's I was great good. in this. They're all great. And oh, that's that's, awesome. they're, they're the three people in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was intrigued because I know the guy who directed this was the dude who did that Portal short film. Yeah, which was great. And he also, I don't know if you ever listened to his podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a totally rad show. I, I've never listened to it, but I know. It is, it's it. like, and it's again, it's, it's a great, like, success story because he was just one of us yeah he was just a dude and now and like people even like people posted is like you can listen to his podcast episode where he talked about cloverfield like as a fan and then he did this like it's nuts Um, it's just one of those great stories Mm. and i him and jj were just on nerdist and i was actually listening to it before um i got on here with you Mm. and it's just he just seems so stoked and it's yeah. just so awesome. And it's just, just, again, like, it just makes me happy. And I thought they did a great job. I mean, if you're a fan of, like, I mean, I was on the edge of my, I was, I freaked out. Like, there's some really, it was very intense. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was very, like, Twilight Zone. I really liked it. But have you watched anything in the theater lately? Uh, sadly, nothing super new. I mean, like I said, I went to watch Deadpool again with my nephew. Are you a dead, are you a fan? Of the film? Yeah. I, I like the movie a lot. Yeah, I, I think the movie definitely. I, I've talked about this where I feel like the movie had a very tricky tone, and I think Tim Miller, director Tim Miller, and the writers uh, figured it out. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally agree. Because it's a movie; it's, it's stupid, it's silly, yet there's enough real storytelling going on to make me give a shit enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ryan Reynolds is one of the things where it's like, even though Wolverine Origins is, a, is an awful movie. Uh, uh, it's an awful movie. Um, 
Ryan Reynolds, I think almost everyone agreed. Well, he's like the only good part in it. And yeah. so it's kind of cool that he got to basically kind of nail it and basically prove that like, no, he, I, I had no problem with him being cast as Green Lantern. I mean, the movie's the movie, but I had no problem with him at the idea. Yeah. I had no problem with the idea of him, but as I was watching the Deadpool stuff in Origins, I'm like, ah, but you should have, you should have, you, this should have been the real deal. And this is, He's perfect in it. So I, you know, I I think the movie's a blast. It's not perfect, but it's crazy, it's weird, and it's funny. And Colossus and Megasonic Teenage Warhead. Oh God, I love Holy that. Sh- I, dude, they're better. Like, now I'm, like, stoked. Like, I, like that – I want to see that Colossus, and, like, yeah. I want to see her, like – I'm like I I think that's my favorite translation from X Men character to com- to comic oh, yeah. Colossus. He's he looks great. And- they finally got like Colossus. Finally, they finally did Colossus justice. Yeah. Oh no, he's and I, I remember when I heard about putting Colossus in the Deadpool film. At first, I was like, Yeah, why would you? It's a Deadpool movie. Why are you yeah. shoving Colossus in it? And when you watch it, I what I like about it is that you're not putting him in to shove more X Men. You're putting mm-hmm. him in because he's a great counterpoint to Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, he's totally. Like, he's the stick in the mud that Deadpool can just react to, and it's perfect. And he's such a goody goody, and <laughs> you know, and it's so funny bouncing that off of Deadpool. Uh, I don't know. I you know, it's it's such a fun movie. Uh, my nephew, of course, loved. You know, I was really glad to watch it with my nephew uh, because he was he was really stoked on it. And he said he was. You know, I remember he was being really. He's a little bummed because he was going to be stuck at basic training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wasn't going to be able to see it until he was done with it. So, you know, I was really happy to watch it with, with him and the rest of my family, too. Uh, Deadpool, a family film. <laughs> um, so that was the most recent one. I haven't seen anything new, new okay. in theaters. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping to do 10 Cloverfield Lane. But I also know this Friday, Midnight Special is coming out, and I do want to see that. I just saw a trailer for that. It looked pretty awesome. And the reviews for South by Southwest are are really good. So. Okay, what do you have? You seen the trailer for Hardcore Harry? I did. I saw a trailer before Ten Cloverfield. That looks crazy. I I, I don't know how I feel about it. I worry about my uh, my motion sickness. See, I don't have that. I know Benson probably will never be able to watch this movie. No, Matt won't be able to watch it. I, I'm okay. But I'm just my whole brain's like, my God, that's the whole movie. I mean, it's the whole movie. It's yeah. like some of it, some of the stuff in that trailer, though. Like, holy hell! Oh, dude, it looks nuts. It looks right up my alley, especially when there. Like, I knew I was gonna because so the 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 rating comes up and it yeah. says, and you know, it says the reasons, and it was like rated R, nonstop graphic violence, <laughs> nonstop. And I was like, I don't think I've seen that before in like a description. <laughs> There's there's a stunt stunt where I like I think he's on top of a van and then Charlotte Copley drops throws a grenade at him yeah grabs a grenade then he throws in the van and then the van blows up and he jumps up and he jumps on top of a back of another motorcycle guy in one shot and I'm like how did you do that (laughs) it looks insane but yeah I don't know but I mean all the like the the reviews of like people like again nerds yeah yeah. like everybody seems to be eating it up, uh-huh. so I, I think I'm gonna go check it out. I still, I also, I want to see Zootopia. I've heard really great things. I haven't heard, I haven't seen it either, but I, it seems to be, yeah. I see, a lot of people seem to be really, really happy with that one too. So I mean, it's it's a buddy cop movie with bunnies and and a fox. 
In the Fox, okay. Yeah. And I mean, I I love Disney. I mean, you see, I got my Wrecker Ralph poster I know, behind me. Admiring that. That's such a good poster. Yeah, this is a Tom Whalen, Mondo, Wrecker Ralph, and uh, yeah, I'm a huge. So I'm a huge fan of like you know all their work. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're kind of killing it right now. I think they've been doing yeah. really good. So. Well, um, Disney's making all the money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, like I mean, Civil War trailer. Holy oh shit! God. Even without the Spider-Man, like, yeah. oh no! I mean, oh uh, no! Here's the thing. Again, like, the, bring up my family. Uh, when we were in San Antonio, we were at the base, and the tr- we were uh, hanging out at Starbucks, and I finally got some Wi-Fi, and I looked at my phone, and it said Civil War trailers out, and I'm like. Grabbing my nephew, so I'm like, oh my god, you gotta watch this. Hold up, and again, my nephew has been basic training, so he hasn't been even near the internet, mm-hmm. so he hasn't watched anything. So, and I don't know if he knew about Spider Man in the movie. He's not like he's not a super movie nerd yeah. like me. So, but he liked the other Marvel movies. So I, but I know Spider Man's his favorite character. So I'm showing him the trailer, and I, I just like, please show up, please show up. I know you're in this <laughs> thing. You gotta show up, and he shows up at the end. And immediately, my nephews, just uh, both my nephews, his brother too, they went, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> I'm I, like, I, I got invited I, to the party. You oh, know? dude, I'm so excited. I mean, it's just, I'm so happy that Marvel pulled that off. Yeah, I, I, and I love, I love the eye thing. I love yeah. the eyes. I love what they did with the Spider-Man symbol. The rest of the costume is understandable. You have to change it up a little bit, but I, I don't know, man. Just seeing Spider-Man uh, with Cap Shield. And again, as comic as somebody who's been following the comics for your basically your whole life, I mean, yeah. seeing him with the Avengers is such a huge deal. I mean, just that's a perfect image to introduce him in the movie. Is him holding Captain America's shield, going, "Hey guys, I'm a perfect." Yeah. <laughs> That was like the next, like Phil even was like, dude, that's, that's the, that's the Chewy we're home of 2016. <laughs> and like, you're right. The rest of that trailer is just phenomenal. Just amazing emotion. Oh, like Scarlet Witch beating up the vision oh and like, and all the like, and the freaking Black amazing. Widow and Bucky and freaking Black Panther looks awesome. Ugh. Oh, no, no. I think Black, Pan- Black Panther might be my favorite. One of like, again, like, you, Deadpool looks like he's straight. He's perfectly straight. I'm so like, excited for Black Panther. Oh my God. No. And I love that, that Jack, Chadwick Boswick is so good. Yeah, he's awesome. And I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with it as the, in the role. I, I don't know. Like, Civil War has, just can't come out soon enough. So. Yeah, but, but we also have so much to tide us over. I mean, Friday, we got Daredevil season two dropping uh-huh. on Netflix. Yep. Which, Oh my God, Punisher! Punisher getting again. Berthold looks amazing. Um, I I like the guy, the, the woman they cast for Electra. Yeah, it looks. I I'm clearly gonna keep busy for Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and um, Pee Wee's Holiday drops. I'm Netflix has got my money this week. What can oh, I say? <laughs> I just, they just dropped the trailer for Kimmy Schmidt season two. Mm-hmm. Which looks awesome. I actually was worried. I didn't hear any talk about a season two, and I'm so, when I saw the trailer this morning, I went, "Oh, thank God, you're, you're doing it." Oh, they, I, I, they're they're on they're on fire. Like I just, oh, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, all right. Well, speaking of so non Netflix, so DVDs, Hulu, like TV, like what are you watching? I, I just finished uh, uh, rewatching Creed on Blu-ray. Yeah. I still haven't uh, watched it yet. I know I need to. 
I, have you seen the other Rocky movies? Oh yeah. Okay. Then you need to, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, um, I, I grew up, I grew up watching those and I, I'm a big fan. I liked Rocky Balboa a lot. Mm-hmm, same here. Um, I, I, they're, 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 I mean, again, they're very, again, as a whole, I love them. I mean, there are, I mean, Rocky Five is garbage. Yeah, Rocky Five is garbage, yes. But other um, than that, I mean, I love those movies. I, four is, I love four, but four is, four is, four is ridiculous, but it's also awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got two, mo- you got two training montages back to back. I mean, uh, but the Creed's great. And I think I love Michael B. Jordan. So he's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, what I say is this, is, here's the thing. I, I love Rocky Balboa as the last of Rocky movie. Yeah. Which is his. And I think I, I, when I, when I heard what they're going to do with, uh, continuing the character, but not making him the lead. Well, he's uh, like the Mickey, right? He's the Mickey. And, and I think it's sort of cool is that while Balboa, I argue the one of the cool things about Creed, especially if you're a fan of the Rocky movies is that Creed, Rocky Balboa finishes Rocky's story himself, but there yeah. is one dangling, thing the movie didn't address is his relationship with Apollo. Yeah. And what's Creed is all about that. And I it's so great how they how they respect and find ways to make uh Carl Weathers character important to the Rocky character as mm-hmm. well as being its own movie. Um it's a great movie on its own, but then as a Rocky fan, man, when you get to that last fight, oh, dude, I <laughs> let me know when you get to that when you get to the film because when you get yeah, to that last yeah, fight, it's I, definitely I, on my list of things. I, I was watching that on the plane trip home to and from back Austin, uh, and it just yeah, I had it on my phone and the Wi-Fi sucked. But I kept trying to come on, <laughs> finish it up. Um, so yeah, been going through Creed, um, and I haven't gone through the whole Blu-ray yet, but no. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. But definitely. Watch any uh, TV shows? Uh, that's not on Netflix. Mm, uh, I'm, I'm watching. Current. I'm watching. You know, the superhero. I'm watching the DC superhero stuff. So you're into those? Because I can't get into those. I well, like, <laughs> I did not like Gotham at all. Oh no, no. And I'm not doing Gotham. I don't like the dude that plays the Flash. Like I just don't. Uh, I like him personally. Okay. I, I, I know Kevin Smith is directing an episode right now. I know, I know, which I think is kind of cute. <laughs> that was cool. I mean, like, I like him, but I admit to them being flawed, like heavily mm-hmm. flawed. Um, I can't do Arrow. I'll I tried to get into Arrow. I couldn't get into it either. It just reminded me too much. I never likes. I could never get into Smallville, and I kept trying to get into it, and it just reminds me too much of that. Yeah, and I think, especially season one, when I saw the trailer for season one of Arrow, when it came out, it's like, I get it, you want to do a Batman show, but you're not allowed to do a Batman show. Yeah. So. The only one I liked was Constantine, and it got canceled. I haven't seen that one. Constantine was freaking great. You know what, I did, ironically. Now I guess he showed up in one of the shows, I'm not sure which one. Ironically, he showed up in Arrow, which I did, okay. see, I did see that episode, and I, I'll, I didn't see Constantine, but I can, I liked him. Constantine liked was him. great, because it was the only one where they're like, I'm like, oh, this is like, this is dark and not, but not in like a cheesy way. Like, I don't know. Like it was actually like really good. Yeah. Um, I like, I think the, the show, I'm even, I'm even enjoying Supergirl on, on CBS. I've heard good things about Supergirl. I want to watch that. That's not too, I mean, it's, it's, they've all got their problems. I think mm-hmm. all those shows, uh, including Legends of Tomorrow, which is fun, but man, it's a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, that's they're different. all, they all got, really strong positive things that I can say this is what I like out of my superhero fiction but at the same time they all have like these massive like 
no one's really overseeing them tightly. So the mm-hmm. storylines kind of feel like they're all over the place sometimes. Some of the acting is up and down. Um, but I'll say this, like, no, like I, for a guy who grew up watching the shitty flash show on CBS. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and Mantis and, and uh, yeah, Mantis and, um, Nightman. Yeah, we, had, Nightman? we had like nothing. Nightman. I don't think so. Nightman's Nightman was a, another kind of like this syndicated TV show thing. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember growing like early in my life, I watched greatest American hero yes. and incredible Hulk. Yep. And that was like a big deal for me. Cause like, but I mean like, uh, like, and those, like, those are all, were all right. But then, yeah, like, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, we had The Flash and, 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 yeah, and, and Mantis. I remember watching Mantis. I, like, <laughs> I watched was, Mantis, but I can't remember. I guess like, I watched so much Mantis and then ever since I saw what happened in that show. And I, I don't, don't know. I don't remember. I remember he made that. He was like a scientist and he made the suit. And he's, and it's like, and guys. And like Wasn't that around, like around the same time? Because like that was on with like sliders. Yeah. Oh, like man. The- I was into sliders. Um, but no, I mean, like, so even with those shows, I say they're better than those shows, but they mm-hmm. still have a long way to go. Yeah. Really. Great. Do you watch? Um, do you watch Agents of Shield? I did, and then I fell so behind. I. Here's the thing. I think I'm gonna just get. I'm just gonna go ahead and start now. Finish up. <laughs> I'll catch they up again. Just started like they came back from hiatus. So I just so gonna jump back into it now and read up what happened before. You should, it's it's I I think they've really they with the Inhuman stuff. It's great. Yeah, and they've done some really awesome stuff. And the way it ties in again, this is why I love the Marvel side because it is part of the whole big universe. Mm-hmm. And the way they're tying it all in um, is great. It's just, um, I, I really like it. I like it a lot. So that's one of the things I watch is Angel Shield. Um, I also am an unapologetic, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 fan. <laughs> and I started rewatching, um, when, um, my, my, um, the 90210, um, the Blaze podcast, um, they, they do it. But then I went, now that I'm, you know, unemployed, I went way past that. So I'm in season seven. <laughs> that show is just so nuts. And I, these are like, now that I'm in season seven, I didn't, I think I maybe have watched these episodes like once mm-hmm. and like, they're just crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge teen soap opera melodrama fan and this is just like crazy. There, there's like an episode where like Kelly thought she might have AIDS because she touched the blood of some guy. That had AIDS. I was like, first of all, that's not a thing. <laughs> and and then like the way she like panicked, I'm like, you are setting back the AIDS movement. With like, what is the me- this is horrible. Like it was ridiculous. Um, but like there's just some just and then like some really weird cameos and it's like super 90s. Like now we're in like the mid late 90s, so they're talking about OJ a lot. Um, <laughs> Speaking of OJ, I don't know. Are you familiar with American Crime Story? I definitely know about it. I haven't seen it. Oh, dude, it's, it's so, so good. good. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. Especially if you grew up around the time, like down to like the music cues and like the various things. Like it just captures it all like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, this latest episode, it was called Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> and you really like, I just felt bad for Marsha Clark. <laughs> it's like the media and the public just really did a number on her. Mm-hmm. And and then again, just like the facts of the case, it's like so crazy. 
little things is crazy. Um, all right. Then on the wrestling side, I watch a lot of random stuff on WWE Network. We just had a network special called Roadblock. They do like these, they're basically like, uh, televised house shows. They've been doing like a specials. And, um, so that's a, it was a cool little lead up to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, and then New Japan World, there was just a big, they had the New Japan Cup. And I, I was, I talked about last week, um, we had like a, this is how nerdy I am. Instead of doing a March Madness bracket, I had a New Japan Cup bracket. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tournament and I finished in fourth place, one place out of the prize pool. So I was kind of a more, but it's the highest I've ever ranked on a Voices of Wrestling ranking. So I feel like I'm getting better with my New Japan predictions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know, Japanese wrestling, I, I have some real big fan. Um, Lucha Underground. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's, um, oh, yeah. um, on El Rey Network, which is Robert Rodriguez's network. So it's Mexican Lucha Libre combined with a telenovela. I've seen an episode and I will admit, I, it's a cool idea. It's like, it's um, a really cool thing they do. This yeah. season has been really nuts where basically one of the wrestlers basically revealed himself to be a Time Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and we also learned that Katrina, who is like now in charge of everything, um, she can appear and disappear at will. She has the power of the dark side, I guess. <laughs> uh, just nonstop craziness. And there was, so I, Benson and I, well, Benson went to some of the tapings. I went to almost all the tapings last season. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this last episode, last week, they had a crazy three-way match between, it was Pentagon Jr., um, Prince Puma, who's also known as Ricochet on the Indies and in Japan. Um, and then the champion, Mil Muertes, and they wrestled a three-way match that there's no rules. And if you, you can watch this last episode, Benson and I were sitting on the floor and like on the floor level, we were in chairs, but, um, they, they go, you can see us like they, they go right into our section. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, and it was a crazy match. A lot of sites are calling it a potential match of the year candidate. Oh, it was wow. a lot of fun. Cause it's just a lot of high flying lucha style combined with these just like insane vignettes that are like movie quality. They really spend a lot of money on this stuff. And mm. it's the most, and I, again, I've been to WWE events and it's the most cameras I've ever seen at a wrestling show. <laughs> like the way they shoot it is pretty amazing. It's really mm. well done. Um, and I'm, they're doing the season three starts taping this weekend and I'm going. So I'm very excited. Mm. Um, so yeah, so watching that, Angel Shield, American Crime Story, 112263 on Hulu. Um, I just watched the, they're, we're, we're on the tail end now, so it's eight episodes. They just had episode five. And having read the book, it's really interesting the choices that they're making out of necessity to make it like, you know, uh, something you can watch as a movie. I mean, as a miniseries. And they made some in, some choices that some people might freak out about. But again, books and movies are just so different. And I think they're doing a really good job. How's Franco in this? I think Franco's great. Okay. I like it a lot. I, I really like it and it's, they're, they're, it's, it's really, um, it, again, it's different than the book, but it's the, the choices, everything that they've done has made sense to me. 
Mm-hmm. And I love the book. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. Are you a fan of uh, Bob's Burgers? Yes. This, this, it's great. This last episode was awesome. Um, they did this whole thing where like there was a lice outbreak at the mm-hmm. school and Tina's like helping out with the nurse and they all, the kids get quarantined in the nurse off nurse's office and it's really funny. And then <laughs> Bob gets new seats for the diner mm-hmm. and finds out that they make fart noises. And that's a whole little plot there. <laughs> I love that show. It's- I, I'm digging. I'm diving into season two finally. Okay. Uh, on the on Netflix, yeah. I know we'll, we'll get. To oh, that. dude, that's the that the season isn't the season two premiere is the that's the Belchies the Goonies episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Best episode oh. where they actually got Cindy Lauper to record a new song. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I think no, that show is so. I mean, I didn't. Re- it's that funny for me. That show is a show that like it just sort of grew on me slowly. Yeah. And I remember like a friend's like, you should really watch it, and like. I, I kind of wasn't sure what the hook was. I went, okay, sure. Like, this looks fine. And then by like episode eight, I figured out the hook. I figured out the comedy. And now I'm a huge fan. It's, it's the show that I kind of watch on my break during work. Yeah. I watch it all the time. Like, if I just want to put something on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love it. And you can just, um, I can plow through a bunch of them at once. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I've like in between seasons, I'll watch all the other seasons like multiple times. <laughs> I have some of like the then like again the voice talent that they get is just crazy. Oh, I'm a huge Kevin Klein fan, and I love yeah, it when like it's so out. nuts, like Mr. <laughs> Fishoder, and he's he's like the yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love Kevin Klein, and it's crazy that like that's basically all that he's doing now. Yeah, he's just uh, showing up in old man Vegas comedy movies, and then this. <laughs> and being married to Phoebe Cates, you know. He's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What else did I watch? Well, I talked about vinyl. Um, my other, like, just g- garbage show is Pretty Little Liars, um, <laughs> which used to be Fox Family, but now it's called Freeform because I guess they realized that most of their shows now are not family friendly. I'm sorry. that I did not know they switched the network name again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I've even I remember for a while I was calling it Fox Family, and someone's like, "That was like 15 years ago." <laughs> um, yeah, Pretty Little Liars is insane, mm-hmm. and I just I'm I watch it and I just yell at them because they're they're basically so they did this thing where instead of having them in college, they just skipped five years ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, I get it because like most shows for teen shows, like college is the death kiss, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they're just they're making the same exact mistakes, and I'm like, you guys didn't learn anything. You're stupid. <laughs> You're all morons, and I hope you get murdered. Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. It's crazy. And then I was really mad because then their Facebook like spoiled a huge thing for this week's episode, and I was like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Not cool. Um, but yeah, so that's um, I don't know. Are you watching Last Man on Earth? That's like one of my favorite shows. I was so into it, and then again, I, I, when I fall behind, I fall behind bad. Yeah, so I saw a good amount of season one, and I've not finished it. Um, oh, dude, it's so good, so good. Oh my god, because it just- seems like the show changes into something completely different almost every episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's especially no, that's what it was even in the beginning. Like episode one, 
oh, oh yeah, it's like oh, it's gonna be this weird show where it's Will Forte by himself. I get it. That's kind of amazing. No, nope. and then you get to the end, and you're like, wait, what? And then every week it just yeah. morphed into something and they else. still manage to do that in ways that you just it's insane. And like this week's episode was amazing, and the cast, I. I mean, I, 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 I love it. It's, it's turning me around. Like, this is, I never thought I'd say this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's continuing to turn me around on January Jones. Cause, <laughs> like, ah, she's, like, especially, but I think they use her in the correct way. Right. Cause again, I think she definitely has limitations. Yeah. But it's interesting how they figured that out. What the yeah. are. Cause I know I've seen her in other things and she's, you know, Fine, but um, <laughs> but she's used really well here. Yeah, um, and then um, so then two things that Phil recommended to me that I finally got around to watching. One is an Amazon exclusive show, and it's called Gordimer Gibbons' Life on Normal Street. Okay, it's. Did you ever watch Erie, Indiana? Yes, it's kind of like that, mm-hmm. and it's about these kids and like weird stuff happens, and they have to kind of figure it out. And this first episode, like Phil had told me, like he got really into it and it's really good. The kids are great. And Uh it reminds me a lot of Erie, Indiana, not quite as like out there, but like similar Uh where again, it's like a, I, I, like I'm pretty sure this is a kid's show, but it doesn't talk down to kids. And I think because of that, it makes it a good show that anybody can watch. Uh And I really like it. I really liked it a lot. I'm really excited to keep watching it. And then another one that, again, I wasn't sure about until Phil told me to watch it. But it it does have some pedigree because I don't know if you're a Freaks and Geeks fan. Oh, yeah. So Jake Kasdan um, has a new show called The Grinder with Rob Lowe and Fred Savage. I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. And where Rob Lowe was like on this law, it was like a procedural show called The Grinder, and mm-hmm. now it's over. So Fred Savage is his brother who's an actual lawyer. Yeah. And, and then he like, he like moves back in with him and he's like, I'm going to help you. I want to be a real lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. <laughs> like it's really funny. And then it's Fred Savage. And then Fred Savage's wife is the waitress from always, it's always sunny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, and it's a really good show. I really liked it. I watched like three episodes like in a row. That's I've been one. I I kind of was curious about that, especially because I know that Fred Savage has actually been mostly been behind camera. Yeah, he's been directing for years, but he's worked on amazing stuff like Party Down and mm-hmm. like all kinds of good stuff. Um, you know, uh, so but I do remember hearing like that like he normally stays behind camera, but the script to the grinder apparently wasn't enough for like oh yeah I this yeah, and then Jake Kasdan who is a big part of Freaks and Geeks yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, he's great. He does, I think he, he's brilliant. You can tell it's got that feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Okay. Nice. Right. Okay. I'm kind of curious about that one. So yeah. And then, um, Netflix. What, what do you got on Netflix? I just finished, uh, two things yesterday. I, I, I came back home from, from our flight and I just kind of decompressed. So I watched, uh, I finished watching a movie that I was watching on the plane called Meet the Patels. Um, it's a kind of a documentary. Okay. Uh, uh, basically, it's uh, main character. Uh, did you watch Master of None? Yes, with his okay. parents and stuff. Did you remember the episode where it was about Aziz and his friend talking about uh, acting as Indian actors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah movie, I love that show. That was one of my favorite shows last year for sure. Yeah. And like his, 
and then like his his real parents and their his oh dad God. is like I want to watch a show where it's just his dad. His dad's uh, no that I'll I'll go into a little side personal thing that episode where episode two where we flash back to his parents. Yeah. Oh my backstory. God. As a guy, as a Filipino American, yeah, sure. Second gen, and my family had the same thing. I, I felt I related to that episode so bad. I, I just like, holy crap, that's exactly. And oh my god, I said the same things to my mom uh, when I'm frustrated with her about technology. But I'll go into this. Okay, so the guy who played his friend in that episode, who does the Indian accents, he mm-hmm. has a movie on Netflix called Made to Patels, in which he's okay. it's a documentary that he co-directed with his sister. And it actually documents his experience in the Indian dating culture. Okay, like arranged marriages and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And he's right. yeah, I have some Indian friends. I, I have a friend that actually can't go back to India because if she does, her mom will marry her off to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then that this documentary explores that their relationship with that. His does he want it? You know, his acceptance of why he wanted to try doing it now and. It's oh, really so he sweet. wants to get arranged marriage. He yeah no this it, it basically points out that he was dating uh he was dating a, a, a Caucasian girl for a couple of years that was his first real girlfriend and then I think he got into his head that he kind of wanted to be he wanted a family that's much like his which is an Indian family mm-hmm. so he decided to go ahead and like all right mom dad figure out the arranged marriage thing and. It goes into some interesting details about how it works and how it used to work and how it worked for his parents and et cetera. So that's a pretty – it's a cute documentary, too. It's only an hour and a half. It's a really yeah, check one. that out. That sounds cool. Um, it's funny as hell, too. Um, I finished watching Love. Oh, dude. What did you think about that? Ah, God. I, as a, I, yeah, I get it. Like, you talk about being a big a Freaks and Geeks fan. I love that show. And mm-hmm. um, this The is idea like, of Mr. Roscoe, Rosso and Mr. Kachevsky living together. Oh, it's so cute. It's so fast. <laughs> thing in the world i was so happy to see them there um i love the show i think the show yeah. i think love is great especially like as like again like as of like like those are people of our age yeah. range and dealing with things and it was very it didn't pull any punches no and like i've been in some of those situations yeah. and, and no, like i, I yeah. love i'm a big fan of jillian jacobs yeah she is fantastic and I, there's this bit in one of the later episodes where she's just looking over Gus's Facebook pictures. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, fuck, I've done that. Oh, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I did that last night. I got- <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah, I know. It's one of those, that's what you said. It doesn't hold, doesn't hold back. And I think between this and Master of None, these are two really cool shows. It, it's, yeah. you know, kind of addressing uh, guys, folks around our age and our yeah. generation. But and, from like a more, like, like not a sitcom-y way, you know? Yeah. No, these are, like, all really good indie drama, indie comedy dramas yeah. that happen to be a uh, TV show late. And- My favorite new person, like, from that show, because she was in Trainwreck, and mm-hmm. I that's when she was on my radar, but, oh, what's her name? Crap. The Australian girl. Oh, Gertie? The actress played Gertie? Oh, my gosh. She's amazing. She is so good in this show. So funny, but also, <laughs> like, Sometimes like it makes you makes me cry. Like it's just so honest and sweet. Yeah. Everybody has that friend. Mm-hmm. You know? And like like when she takes but like in Gillian Jacobs sometimes she's just such a bad person. <laughs> a garbage friend to her. And you're like, yeah. oh gosh. But like it but that's like it's just so true. Like like again, like I love that there are 
every character has their like good and bad side. Yeah. Cause they're real people. Mm-hmm. And Paul Russ, like I, I've been a big fan of his for a long time and I'm glad. I hope like now, like the world sees his greatness. You know, between this and I think he even co-wrote the Pee Wee movie. Yeah, he co-wrote Pee Wee. I mean, that's when he kind of like yeah. between that and comedy bang bang and stuff, he got popped up on my radar. Yeah, no, I agree. He's so. It's funny. Even I remember watching, uh, or I mean, I'm watching the trailer to uh, "I Love You, Beth Cooper." Yeah, he was the lead in that, and thinking like he was pretty funny in that. But yeah, no, he's the, he's so good in this show specifically. So and, good, and you know, just some moments where he's sitting there, and you're like, Gus, don't ah, oh, Gus. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like the whole thing with like. The writing stuff where he's in, and then he's in the writer's room, and I'm like, oh man, like, oh, oh gosh. Like, no, I mean, uh, no, I, 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 when he tried to reach for the computer, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was so, the whole, you know, I'm to put myself in that situation. If like, oh, what if I got that chance? I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't do half the shit you're yeah. doing. And the fear whole, of the whole dinner date. And like the thing with like Will Sasso and like that's so, <laughs> that was like excruciating to watch. But like we've all had similar dating experiences. I kind of, what I like about that episode is that it's the thing where you go, oh, like you think because these two have similar personality types, yeah, that they probably might be a good match. And that's one of the more realistic things about it is that like, that's actually yeah not true sometimes. You yeah, know? it's sometimes it isn't that the same, you know, uh, work together. And yeah. And yeah, there's that element too, where you, th- you, you think back on Gus's ex-girlfriend pointing out the fact that you, you, your niceness comes off as fake and trying too hard. And I don't know, it's, it's, <laughs> it really is like a show full of de- horribly flawed people. And I really loved it. So yeah, awesome. that was a great show. Glad you feel that way. Cause that's exactly how I feel. Um, anything, any other Netflix stuff? Um, I, other than revisiting episodes of Parks and Rec, um, oh god, I I saw your Tumblr and I saw just watching your looking at your Tumblr made me want to go back and watch some Parks and Rec. <laughs> I love that show so much. Yeah, no, it's I so good. I I, Chris I, Pratt, I I I love that now Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt, but I'm yeah. like we all knew we all knew this for years. Yeah, if you watch that show, no, if you no, I it's funny. Every time we talk about Parks and Recs, whatever, folks, it always starts off with, like, well, we all agreed that we didn't like season one, most of it. Mm-hmm. And then season two. Yeah, but two, you could see elements. They were yeah. there. But I remember. It was like watched. the first few episodes of The Office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was well, the especially in Parks and Rec, because they were trying to be The Office. The Office. And that was the And big then when they figured thing. out, when they, again, I think it was also they when they started realizing what they had in the supporting cast. Yes. Because, like, when Ron Swanson started becoming Ron Swanson, and, mm. again, with, like, Ta, like, with, with um like, Aziz and everybody and Retta, when yeah, they I started got, making, like, when they started shaping those characters. Oh, man, I got, I got to tell you, when I was at the airport, I, on my way out of Austin, I was just, I finally got through TSA, um, in, uh, I realized the dude in front of me was a BJ Novak. Oh, Wow. And and I was like, oh wow, it's Fiji Novak, but I left him alone, you know. So yeah. I'm putting my, you know, I'm 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 waiting for the rest of my family to go through the the meter, the, the uh, metal detector, and I look up and I see a guy in front of me, and he's on the phone with a gruff face, and he's looking kind of a little tired and annoyed. I look around, I was like, oh shit, it's Nick Offerman. Oh man, oh my god, oh my I god, 
<laughs> and I, I didn't, I was like, I BJ Novak, I like The Office up to a point. And I was like, oh, let's go. But I wasn't like such a big fan of his. I think it's cool, but I don't think I like, but I saw Offerman. I went, oh my God. I, 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 uh, no, I shouldn't. Oh, but but it's Nick Offerman. I, no, 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 I shouldn't. I was so tempted to talk to him and I, but he looked tired. And then my brain went, Ron Swanson would not want a picture with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Even if Nick Offerman is the, is the opposite of that in life. And he, but it kind of seems to me like Nick Offerman is, like 70% Ron Swanson. So that's why I didn't want to risk it. So I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to leave you alone. I'm sure you were here for South by Southwest, but you're tired and you're going to ready to go back to LA. So, but yeah, that, <laughs> but I, pretty it, was, awesome. it was, it was Nick Offerman. I was so close. Like I have to say hi. No, no, leave him alone. He's got a plane to catch. It sucks. <laughs> you know? Um, that's cool. Um, I attempted to watch 10 minutes of Fuller House. Yeah, not not for you. Um, Were you a fan of Full House? As growing up, yes, of course. But I'm 32 now, and <laughs> yeah, I watched the whole thing, and I I I enjoyed it. But that's because I'm a big dork, and <laughs> I I still like a lot of that stuff. But I I get that it's like it's cheesy as hell. I I I guess if anything, apart, I guess I'm. I don't know. I guess I I outgrew that style of television comedy. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I get that. I totally get yeah. that because it is. It's a freaking antiquated. It it's like the laugh track is awful. <laughs> like I'm glad that that kind of went away. Yeah. For normal things. I will say this though. I did watch first ten minutes, and what I'll say about the first ten minutes is I'm not gonna lie. The nostalgia button did kick in enough for me to go. Oh yeah. Oh look, it's. Fucking everybody except Michelle. But, yeah, like, it is kind of cute. It's kind of cool to see. I mean, I liked as a kid. I loved Dave Coulier. So I mean, like, I, <laughs> I did kind of was happy to see him again. And yeah. it's it's kind of funny too to hear sitcom like what happened to them is like the most perfect version of their. It's the most perfect version of the thing that happened to all oh, of them. Oh yeah, it's like, insane. Like oh, Dave, you know, Dave Coulier's character is now a popular performer artist performing in, in Vegas and. Now John Stamos's character is all is now a record producer and everyone's super happy except for you know who because you know her husband died. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so no, not the yeah, I know a lot of people really loved it on on I, I saw my Facebook Twitter feeds and people on my friends and followers were were really happy with the show and I'm like that's cool. I'm happy for you. you I know? saw a lot of I saw that, but I also saw a lot of people that were just. Were just I think your I think headphones. Your headphones. Oh. Out or something. Sorry. Oh, I could hear you. I could hear myself. But now I can't. So I think you're good. Right. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, I think that my whole thing is like I hear when people rip on it and some of the critics pull it apart. I'm like, did you watch Full House? Because this is Full House. <laughs> they're, they're acting like they, I'm like they're treating it. I'm like, we're not talking about the freaking wire here. Like, Because they're like, I'm like. This show was never meant to be scrutinized at this level. No, like, no yeah, yeah. You have to, ex- you have to kind of adjust. And I mean, it's a freaking yeah. probably one of the cheesiest sitcoms ever made. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, so I think like that's it's been a, like that part of it. Like the response from people, I'm just like, if you're the the way people are angry about, it, I'm like, I don't think you actually watch Full House. <laughs> I think maybe, or maybe you don't remember it, and you have this idea in your head, which is true about a lot of nostalgia stuff. Yeah, 
I think I, they're they're trying to reproduce something in their brain that never actually existed mm-hmm. or is on such a high pedestal that it can't possibly live up to it. Yeah. I remember I, think, finding that, I remember finding that out when I finally watched episodes of Thundercats when I grew up. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Some of those old shows like a GI Joe to me is like the worst. Like GI Joe is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um Thundercats I think I can't tell people like that the opening credits of Thundercats is so good <laughs> that your brain thinks the rest of the show is that good until yeah. you actually start watching the show. Like no but the opening credits of Thundercats is so action packed and great. You think the whole show's like that until you realize it's like 20 minutes of people walking and standing and talking. Um, and maybe a little fighting. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think Power Rangers under the same kind of rose colored glasses right now where, uh, I like that stuff. I think it's cheesy and dumb as hell, but I don't think the show was that good. (laughs) Especially because, um, like it's insane to me. Like when you find out, like if you ever watch like the actual like Super Sentai, which I do, yeah. How they completely butchered up that show and like oh, that is actually what they did. I should have brought that up as things I'm not watching streaming. I watch a shitload of Japanese superhero shows. Yeah, like Super and Sentai. So, know, have you seen Battle Royal Two? I have. Is aren't like a lot of the people in that from like those Super Sentai shows? You know what? I haven't. I'm gonna look that up because I haven't seen that movie in a while. I could. I think when I looked it up, like that seemed to be a common bond in some of their credits. Um, battle that talk about. I didn't even talk about that, but I mean, real quick. I mean, we are running out of time here, but um, Battle Royale Two was one of the more disappointing things in my life. (laughs) The beginning is awesome. Yes, and then just it gets to be like when they're when it's just like. They're, then it's just Nanahara like preaching at them and they're like just hanging out in the bunker and like nothing's happening. And then like the, the, like it gets so heavy handed with uh-huh. its message and it's, 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 I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. It, and I know, especially because it's his father fi- finishing, it's his son finishing his father's work. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. I'm not entirely putting him to blame, but. I don't know. Yeah, Battle Royale 2. I mean, I even, the idea sounded kind of cool, but when they finally, that movie was done, I'm like, oh my god. What a, okay. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't threaten us with a third one. I will say that much. Um, yeah. I think we're good with just the one. Or the two, I guess. <laughs> Alright, um, well then, uh, for me, the last, uh, the Netflix stuff, I did start watching Freaks and Geeks just because um, I was just feeling sentimental, and that show... Again, I've watched all those so much, so many times, and ah, God, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, the two episodes I watched were the um, were the one where it's like Neil's um, Neil's got the uh, ventriloquist dummy, yeah, and then they do the Christmas party, and um, it's got uh, David Crumholes and uh, mm-hmm. as Neil's brother, and God, it's just so good. And like, there are parts of it where you're like, this is really sad, but then it's so funny. And, and then, and then on the other side, on the freak, the freak story is, uh, Daniel. So Franco Siegel, again, that cast is insane. <laughs> and they were nobodies at the time. Yeah. And like, it's just nuts. So it's Franco Siegel and, uh, and Rogan and they go to a punk rock club. Yeah, that's right. Oh, dude, it's so awesome. And, and then he comes crawling back to Busy Phillips. He's still got his, punk rock hair 
it's all like, <laughs> oh, dude, it's so ridiculous. And, um, and like, I think it's like a Frank Sinatra song that's playing. The music is just it's the best. And then the second episode was where um, they go to the makeout party. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, so like Cindy and Sam, like finally, like start going out and that whole thing where like they're sitting at the table and Bill is like, what if Sam like, and these were like real things that you dealt with in high school. Cause yeah. Bill's like, what if Sam starts going out with Cindy and then he doesn't talk to us anymore? Yeah. Like that's a real thing. Like that's like not out of the real possibility. And then like, but then when they start, when they, they watch him go and kiss her and then like, the first words out of Neil's mouth, Neil's mouth is like, it's happening. And like, <laughs> like I can see we're going to be going to, I see cheerleaders at, at Sam's house. I see me at Sam's house. We're going to go to cool kid parties. And then they do, they go to the cool kid party <laughs> and they're planting the bottle. And then Bill makes out with Vicky Appleby. Like it's so great. I love it. It is just so well done. And then on the, on the, and then on the freak side, that's when like Nick, um, Jason Siegel's character like um, ends up staying at the Weir's house, yeah. and like Lindsay's dad like kind of takes him under his wing, and like that's really a great story. And uh, Kevin, um, I think is Kevin Tyge from mm-hmm. Lost. Yeah, is Nick's dad, and he's like, oh, because every everybody knew somebody who had that dad, mm-hmm. like military hard ass dad. Like, and that was like that was really great, and that whole scene between. So also how great is a uh, Joe Flaherty? I just I love Joe Flaherty's period, but he's so great in that show. So good. And there's yeah. that scene where he pulls um Nick's dad aside and he's trying to like I think what I don't know what he thinks is going to happen where he's going to like <laughs> lecture him but then like Nick's dad is like how old's your son? And he's like 14 and he just is like you 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 give me a call when he's 16. And it's like, boom, end of conversation. And yeah, and I just, I love that show. It's so, so good. So I watched that and then I've been trying to catch up on, uh, comedy bang bang because they finally put out more episodes. The ones with, um, when Kid Cootie took over for, uh, Reggie. Mm -hmm. And that show's hilarious. Have you watched it all? Myself, I had to watch. I know I want to watch more of it. Oh my God. So good. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But that does it for Netflix. Um, I think that's going to do it because we hit our limits here. Um, just real quick on the video game front, I am still playing. I don't know if you've heard about Stardew Valley at all. Mm-hmm. It's on Steam, but it's like one guy made it. And I don't, you heard of uh, Harvest Moon games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Harvest Moon, but like it's, again, this one guy made it by himself. It's already sold like 450,000 copies. Dude's like a self-made millionaire overnight, which is nuts. Like, you know, that guy's stoked. Yeah. And I've, I've already played 20 hours of it. It's one of those, like, just one more day. Like, (laughs) I I can stop at any time. And like, cause you know, you do your farm, you make your your fishing and, and I'm like an animal crossing nut. So it's like a little bit of that, a little bit of all that. And then there's also like a dungeon crawler. Like you can go in the mines, fight (laughs) monsters. It's got everything. And I'm hopelessly addicted to it. And now, like, this is bad because now, first I was listening to music while I was doing it. And now I started listening to podcasts. And today I listened to like four hours worth of podcasts while I'm playing this game. <laughs> like, I listened to Marin. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to, 
I listened to you. Um, I've started listening. I'm again. I'm on the Empire of the Sun episode, so I'm behind mm. on your guys' show and listening to some other shows. Listen to the new um, Blaze podcast, which everybody should check out. But yeah, so that's my new hopeless addiction. Stardew <laughs> Valley. It's only fifteen bucks on the Steam Store, man. It's great. And then um, I think that's pretty much. Oh, I started playing. Uh, you know the um, I, again, like I know you're not a huge video game guy, but the Lucas Arts like classic, like point and click adventure games, like Maniac oh. Mansion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So on the PlayStation Network, they gave it away for free last month. Grim Fandango Remastered. Uh-huh. And I I hadn't played this game in like years, and it is so out there. And I love these like bizarro adventure games. They're so fun. They're finally making Day of the Tentacle remastered, which that's uh-huh. like my favorite game ever. <laughs> and I love like the point and click adventure games because one you're like like you have to figure. I love games where you like have to figure shit out. Yeah, and it's not like a clear path, you know? And, like, because I'm not a fan of, like, Call of Duty and, like, that kind of stuff. Like, and this is, like, it's a great story. It's funny. Like, and it's, like, I for, for a while, I I almost got stuck where I almost looked online, and then I just kind of, like, I'm like, no, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and then, like, I poked around and found, I figured out the puzzle, and then I moved on. Like, it was a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, because it reminds me a lot. Because I mean, the newer versions of those are like the Telltale games, which mm. I don't know if you played the Back to the Future. Um, no, I I, uh, I haven't played it yet, but I uh, I know a lot. You know, I I, I kind of sat to my buddies of showing they're me. They're pretty awesome. I know the game. The game looks awesome. I know I have a lot of friends who are really into the Walking Dead ones. Yeah, those ones I I have I've played a couple of them. They're they're really good. Mm. They're really intense. No, that's what I heard. And the Fables one I heard is also really good too. Yeah. They're, they're they're doing a lot of good stuff, and I love that those games are back. Yeah, because for a while, like, and then I think with I knew it was going to happen when Disney bought Lucas and had Lucas Arts. They're like, oh, we can just release all these games and make money. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, please do. <laughs> like, thank you. Because like Lucas Arts wasn't doing anything with them for years; yeah. they're just sitting on them. And so yeah, I'm just really stoked about that. But I think that's going to do it for this week. Um. Once again, Justin, you are at agentsofguard.com. Correct. Is that correct? That's correct. And, uh, yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Justin Kizan. And, yeah, listen to me and Matt uh, Benson uh, review every single Spielberg movie ever directed. Okay. He's ever directed. And on Benview on Spielberg. All right. And don't forget to go to BenviewNetwork.com for all the other Benview Network podcasts. Be sure to go to RadioBrendo.com. Click that link for the Amazon Prime free trial. Also, we got our $50 off DreamHost deal. If you click the DreamHost link, don't forget about that. Click that Amazon button. We always appreciate that. That's the easiest way you can help out the show is before you make those purchases on Amazon, click the Amazon banner. And follow us on Twitter at Brendoman. Brendoman at gmail.com is our email, as always. Facebook group. Check out all that stuff. All the links. RadioBrendo.com and BenviewNetwork.com. And I think that's going to do it for us. And um, and then next week we will have, we're going to do, Phil and I actually did a commentary on the first ever Radio Brindleman episode. So that should be fun. 
<laughs> and uh but you're it's just it's designed as a standalone episode like you don't have to we we realize that like if you put it over the episode you're just it's just going to be a madness of people talking so we designed it as a standalone thing but i think people will get a kick out of it um and then i'm going to have a special guest next week i'm not sure who it is yet it's probably derek might be benson i don't know but uh, thank you guys for listening. And um, for Radio Brendo Man, I'm Brendan Creasy. And have a good one, everybody. is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. I'm Aaron Prince-Staley, host of the Podcast Preview, where every week I bring you a new comedy podcast that you are going to love, with highlight clips and interviews with the show's hosts. 
Check out the podcast preview at BendviewNetwork.com on your favorite podcast app or live on the radio at WERA.FM. I'll see you there.